Welcome to Hi Food, I'm Home, the podcast where a food psychology coach and a work emotions expert, Laura Lloyd, teaches you how to unlearn overeating after work, lose weight without dieting, and diminish your binges using her cognitive behavioral and hypnotherapy method. Hello, chickpea. Hello, hardworking woman. Welcome. Whatever you're doing today, whether you're walking while listening or folding, washing or commuting or driving, I just want to take my hat off to you that you have found a way to take some time for yourself to reflect upon your eating style. Today, we're going to talk about a question I get all the time, which is how to break that Netflix and snacks habit for some of us. This involves staying up way past our bedtime, munching away, and somehow this fusion of TV and box sets seems to be quite a strong addiction in all of us. Listen up, because I'm going to be telling you the exact questions to be asking yourself in order to unlock your habit, because there's a couple of different ways that I'm going to explain to you that we do TV eating And you'll be able to identify your own TV eating style and figure out what's motivating it for you and how to start to build a slightly more healthy relationship with your pleasures. (laughs) Oh my gosh. When I think back to 12 years ago, before I had children, I had a job at theguardian.com. And I worked evening shifts, so I'd start early evening and I'd work through to the early hours. Then I'd hop in a taxi at two or three o'clock in the morning and I'd zoom back home. And when I get home, my husband, who was a primary school teacher, would be asleep in the bedroom. And I'd get like some cheese and crackers and a glass of wine and I'd go and sit on our sofa in the living room, flip up my laptop and I would watch series after series of Mad Men. I have literally watched them all. And I would watch them and keep revisiting the kitchen for little munchies until daylight came through the curtains. And then I'd panic and jump into bed beside him. And maybe if I'd left it really late, we'd only sleep together for an hour or two and then he'd have to get up. And that would literally be the only physical contact that we had during the day because by the time he finished work I'd be off out already but that habit was costing me quite dearly because even those couple of hours of spooning together did have a really profound impact I found on the closeness in our relationship and it was also costing me in terms of my sleep because I was sleep deprived all the time and then having to prop myself up with more food and coffee to go back into work and do it all again And also I wasn't sleeping great because when you drink wine, you don't sleep brilliantly. And also, of course, the eating. Do you recognise any of that? It always feels a bit dirty, doesn't it? Feeling addicted is always going to feel a bit grubby because it feels like we're compelled to do something. And we'll be telling ourselves when we're bleary-eyed the next day, oh God, I shouldn't have done that. And I won't do that again tonight, early night tonight. Let's think about what's going on here. I think there's two kinds of eating in front of the TV. There's TV dinner and then there's late night TV snacking. People who have a TV dinner, I think there's a couple of things that could be going on. I just got off a call with a client who said that when her work life is really, really intense, 
she eats in front of the TV. But she's got a perfectly lovely dining table and sits down and really enjoys her meals otherwise. And the reason she does that is because she doesn't feel like watching TV is legit unless she's quote-unquote multitasking. So she's not using extra time to watch TV. She's using time which is designated break, which a meal is, and still getting the TV in. So in that case, I'd really be exploring what are my thoughts about TV and what are my thoughts about my time? What are my thoughts about leisure and laziness and whether or not I'm allowed to watch telly. So you might be using a meal to avoid your thoughts about watching TV or you might be using TV to avoid your thoughts about eating. So many of us actually have so much self-judgment around eating, especially if we've got this idea with our weight and with years of dieting behind us, we can actually feel like we shouldn't ever really be eating. We can have so much self-judgment and that voice can be saying, oh, this isn't, this is gonna put on weight, blah de blah while we're eating, that we would rather have our mind elsewhere than listen to the voice in our head giving us a hard time about it. Can you see, Chickpea, that you're using TV so that you can go off radar with your own eating? What thoughts do you have about the food if you eat it with the TV off or even just with the sound off? At some point, we're going to have to be brave and discover what that experience of food is like without the TV. One client said to me the other day that she thought that eating without the TV on would be really, really boring. I'm thinking it would be so interesting to notice the moment when you're bored by the food. Often that feeling of being bored by the food is part of your body's signal saying, yeah, actually, I've had enough of that now. Because there is a moment where you're like, oh, I can't be bothered to keep eating this. It's taking too long. or And that, that could just be one of the signals of satisfaction when the pleasure's over. Have you ever had that experience when you cook a whole meal and you serve it? I mean, whether or not you've got kids or a partner who eats really, really fast. And, and then you spend the time cooking the meal and it's gone in four and a half minutes. And you're like, wow, was it worth it? <laughs> was it worth the effort of creating this family meal just to all be there like bees on honey for four and a half minutes and then gone? When you realise how transitory an eating experience is, you can let yourself eat without TV, without your phone next to you, without needing to distract yourself because you only have to show up for a few minutes. If the food is pleasurable to you, then why not show up for that pleasure? Chickpea, the only way you can solve your overeating is if you show up and really get completely honest with yourself about your eating, actually be there while you're eating. We need you to be present. It's the very minimum. If it's painful for you, put on some music or put on an audiobook. Some of us find that 
actually it's easier to concentrate on something if part of our brain is slightly suspended. You know how when you're driving a car, sometimes you have the best thoughts because part of your brain is just busy and that's a very relaxing place to allow the rest of your brain to pay attention to things. So sometimes having partial brain occupation is is pretty good, I think. So I would go audio over screen every time. Many people say that they're having a TV dinner because they're eating alone. And in that case, it's about talking to yourself while you're having dinner. I gave this challenge to a client last week. It was so funny. How would it be to talk to yourself about your day while you had your dinner, even if you were by yourself, to express interest and concern and do two sides of the conversation. Hi, honey, how was your day? Oh, wow, yeah, quite a lot happened, actually. Really, why don't you tell me about it? I'd love to hear about it. Using the meal as a chance to process your day? How would that be? I know, it sounds really mad, but also quite funny and quite worth it because a lot of the time we don't acknowledge what's happened to us in the day. We don't process our things emotionally. And then, of course, we are vicariously processing emotion through other people's much more extreme emotional situations. I much rather watch people try and escape from Colombian drug lords than I would reflect on the fact that I feel disappointed because I didn't meet my income targets or whatever minor drama is going on in me. And actually, if I really paid attention to that minor drama, I might find that it's perfectly important and that my heart actually needs to think it through and process it and feel it. How about that? Okay, now let's think about the late night habits. Because a lot of the time, our late night habits, our Netflix and snacking is about wanting to stay up late. I'm a member of a working mums network still in Berlin where I used to live. And many of those people tell me that they are staying up late watching Netflix way past bedtime because they feel that they need some time for themselves and that they see that as being me time but chickpea if that's you I want you to really think about how that isn't your time it's not your time at all you're actually borrowing time from your body you're borrowing from your sleep and we all know how we eat when we're tired the next day like we've had a blinking hangover you know that the CEO of Netflix said recently that he wasn't in competition with cable TV, he was in competition with sleep. Oh, I'm in bed. Got a water bottle. And my daughter's fox. Chris is here, but he's tired. He doesn't want to talk. I don't know, things that I would watch again. I would watch Shit's Creek again. I just found the character so good. Definitely watch Made Again. That was amazingly compelling. I feel like we spent hours of our lives watching The Bridge. 
Hollow Taukeni Hollowa Driving over the world of pain. Is that how it goes? Oh, the hottie's burning my knees. There's actually, there's actually a website called Binge Clock where it tells you how long it takes to watch everything. Is that right? That's what, is that what it does? Every episode of The Bridge. Okay, 48 episodes. Oh my god. How many hours? Would it take to watch the crown? Two days, seventeen. Okay, the handmaids. Okay. Just, just ten hours. Okay. Twenty-four. Spooks. Ozark. Spiral. The wire. Twenty. Breaking bad. Thirty. Sex and the Oh the my God. Wing. Money heist. Mother one. One Normal days. people, the office, Russian doll, house of cards, glow, gorgeous ladies of wrestling, working mum, <laughs> typical, couples therapy, and BBC iPlayer. Oh, 1,079 hours. So, equivalent of three waking months of my life. 90, 90 12 hour days. Consume stimuli all the time now. We're constantly looking for distractions and inputs and little entertainments. We don't spend much time just being with ourselves. If you were with yourself for that last half hour of the day, what do you think your brain would be telling you about your day? About how well you'd done? Would it be making you feel like all was right with the world? Would it be tucking you up in bed like you would a child that you loved? Or would your brain be cycling through the things you hadn't done, focusing on your shortcomings, thinking worriedly about the stressful bits of work that you still have to do tomorrow, replaying conversations you've had that could have gone better? And yeah, I should say that when I would get back from The Guardian... Of course, I would also be on my phone for a good half hour before I sat down to watch Mad Men and I'd be scrolling through and I'd be looking at all of the things that I had put on the web page or that my team had put on the web page and I'd be looking at the decisions that I'd made, rethinking them, replaying bits of the night, feeling proud of some bits, feeling concerned about other things looking for mistakes that I might have made. And I think when I did that, I think I was looking for a sense of pride in the work that I'd done. I was looking to reward myself for the work that I'd done. But instead of being really sure about it and really like, yeah, this is great. What a great night's work. I think I'd be doing it from a place of more trying to reassure myself that I'd done good enough because my belief about myself was always that people might discover that I wasn't in some way completely competent or qualified or that I wasn't capable. So Chickpea, 
your process is going to be to start to eat all of your food in broad daylight in plain sight of yourself. That means being able to see yourself eating it. That means getting present. You've got three areas where you can look at your thoughts. What am I thinking about TV? And what feeling am I hoping to get from watching TV? What am I thinking about eating? And about myself while I'm eating? What feeling am I hoping to get by eating? What am I thinking about my work today? Now that I'm at the end of the day, what feeling would I like to create about my work today? Am I able to create that feeling with my thoughts instead of trying to take the edge off any unease I've got lying around from work by zoning out? Great. Well, chickpea, this is the last episode of this first series. But thank you for joining me for this and thank yourself for joining yourself and thinking through some of this really juicy stuff. Next series, we're going to look at some of the major work situations and how they can impact our eating. Burnout, imposter syndrome, time management, procrastination, how we define success how we react to performance pressure, what it's like running your own business and working from home. It's going to be amazing. Make sure you're subscribed so that you get notified when the next series drops. And in the meantime, be loving to yourself. Be inspired because you've got this. Normally we do a meditation at the end of the episode don't we but today I just want to reflect on where I'm at in my journey a little bit the clocks changed last night our garden which has been a building site for so long it's pretty muddy but there are shoots of things coming through and I know some of those are going to be bluebells let's go up into the woods I've got my coffee in one hand a bit of a scramble up into the woods behind my cabin behind my house There we go. There's the den that the girls have built with my dad and Chris. Oh, oh wow. The wood's actually looking green on the forest floor, even though it's quite a a lot of holly. But the green is all of the bluebell plants that are gonna come. My journey with food and weight is at the end of this series about to begin an amazing new chapter I can see with absolute clarity that my eating style is completely skewed and intermeshed with my other addictions and that I need to unstick myself from coffee decaf coffee cocoa when I do those things I can't really feel my appetite properly and I crave sugar my relationship with food will change I'm sure of it when I change my relationship with the striving that I've been talking about 
in the months that I've broadcast this series, there have been moments when this has been rammed home to me. Moments over Christmas when my husband couldn't take my work addiction anymore, when I wouldn't stop. My relationship with my weight, with my eating, will transform, I know, when I am willing to get present in my life and stop scrambling to fulfil some obligation that I've set myself towards money, towards success, towards making an impact. Some of it very, um, you know, value-based, like I'm serving my people, this is all good. And some of it just for me, just for me to know I'm worthy. I know that my relationship with food will blossom when I have a different relationship with time. And I'm able to embrace a concept of discipline, being reliable, deciding vigorously, actively, vigilantly, not to take on things that I can't do well because I don't have the capacity to. In the next few months, I'm excited to know how it's going to be to clean up my scarcity, thinking about time, being enough, being good enough as a parent, being present enough, being good enough as a partner, being successful enough, having worked hard enough, having done enough. And I realise that this is more than just self-talk. This is also going back and calming my whole body down. This body that has been constantly in a state of anxiety, of uncalm, of unpresence, that also feels like excitement and hope and progress. That's why it's so beguiling, right? To try and unlearn that from my body in whatever way I can. Whether that's doing gardening or listening to meditations, walking in this woods, walking, walking, walking. If any of this really resonates with you, if you feel like you're working too hard, burning out, and that your health goes by the wayside, if you feel like you've got multiple addictions going on and food is just just the most obvious one, then make sure you're on my mailing list because I'm going to be talking about this and my journey. I got a message from someone the other day who's been listening, been on my mailing list. She had lost 20 kilos That's like 40 pounds, y'all, just by doing my free stuff. So you want to get on my mailing list. More and more, I feel like it's essential that we do this hand in hand because somewhere along the line, I decided I didn't need anybody and I was going to do everything myself. And that was all part of the striving pattern. It doesn't matter what a weirdo you or I am. We're here for each other. Mailing list is at lauralloyds.co forward slash gift. Link in the show notes. I'll see you there and I'll see you for season two soon.